Hello and welcome to all our lovely listeners. I'm your host, Moira Geary, and this is The Positivity Project. So on this episode, I've decided that I'm going to talk about one of the biggest subjects that I have worked with over the last 20 years, and that is the subject of fear. So I'm going to break it into four different sections, and this is part one of this episode, and I'm going to follow with another three episodes, also focusing on fear and different aspects of fear so that we can uh, start to understand it a bit deeper. But not only do we want to understand it, obviously, we want to be able to manage it better. So on the four episodes, I'm going to share a number of different ideas and concepts, as well as specific techniques that you can use to help you to manage fear. And today, what I'd like to really focus on is around the intensity of fear and how we can reduce that, because it's not just having the feeling that can be very uncomfortable, but obviously we can feel it at different intensities. So just to give a little overview and I suppose a short definition on fear, um, and I just looked this up online, uh, so it's a it's a definition from um, a dictionary. So whether it's exactly right or not, it doesn't really matter. It just gets us started. But basically, the definition that I found was that it's an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain or harm. And I think that does more or less cover it in terms of kind of broad strokes and and, you know, uh, doing a nice big broad stroke over something that has an awful lot of components to it. So. If that's the case, um, we have to look at the feeling or the emotion that is the the fear itself. And when we want to manage it, the first thing I want to talk about today is about the intensity of it and how we can both increase the intensity and decrease the intensity. And I'll give you a little technique on how to do that. So the first thing also to I'd like to address before we go into how bad fear is, it's also important to say that fear is not all bad because if we didn't have the ability to feel fear and if we didn't feel it, we probably would end up in an awful lot of very dangerous situations in our lives. So our fear and our ability and capacity to feel fear is actually very important because what it does is it protects us and it stops us from going into situations that might be difficult or dangerous. And I don't just mean physical situations like going in somewhere where we could be harmed physically, but also fear or the feelings of fear that we feel in our body also are almost like sirens that fire off or warning signs that we're about to go into a situation that might be very uncomfortable emotionally. So how does our body know that or how does our body create that feeling if we're about to go into a situation where it may be harmful or dangerous, like in the definition, or it may feel like a threat, whether that's a physical threat or an emotional threat. So I'm sure many of you are aware of the fight, flight or freeze concept, which relates to our nervous system and our endocrine system, which creates hormones in our bodies. So I'm not going to go into huge detail on that. I'll just overview it very briefly because it's important that we understand that it actually is a physiological thing that's happening. Whereas a lot of the time when we talk about emotions, people think that they're airy fairy, that they are 
only what certain people might feel um, and it might be just for sensitive people. However, all of us have the capacity and do feel emotion all of the time. So whether that's that we feel a heightened emotion, which might be fear or worry, concern, excitement, passion, uh, joy, bliss, or whether it could be something that's quite bland. So just be aware that we're all feeling them and have the capacity to feel them all the time. So they are very real. And they are very real based on what I was just saying there about the, um, the real in terms of our nervous system and our endocrine system. And the example that is given a lot of the time is the fight, flight or freeze. But that is also very much related to fear, which is what we're talking about on this episode of the podcast. So when we think about the fight, flight or freeze, um, I'm sure many of you know that that comes from a part of our anatomy, which is called the autonomic nervous system, which means automatic. So it's it happens automatically without us engaging conscious thought. And when we look at the autonomic nervous system, again, to keep it very simple, we've got two strands We've the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And how I remember this is when I think of the sympathetic starting with an S, that's the side that is responsible or related to stress. So S for stress and the P, which is the parasympathetic. I always remember that as P for pause. So that's the part of our nervous system that's responsible for when we rest and digest. Also, there's another um, element to this, um, which if I mention the vagus nerve, a lot of you might understand that or might have heard of the vagus nerve and the vagus nerve would be more responsible for that freeze aspect. So just that's enough for us to know and to understand. And when we go back to the sympathetic and the parasympathetic legs, it's just if I give you this example, I know that everybody will have experienced this. So I want you to know that it really is your autonomic nervous system and it is the sympathetic part or the stress part that's doing this. And that is when we go into a situation where we fire off adrenaline and we go into a bit of a panic. So whether that's emotional or whether that is physical. So in other words, we're about to go into a situation that might be dangerous physically for us. So what's happening in our body is that there are d different mechanisms that trigger subconsciously the production of adrenaline and that comes from our adrenal glands which sit on top of our kidneys and I promise I'm not going to go into huge detail on this but it is important that we first of all frame this before we understand how we can manage it. So when the adrenaline is fired off it goes into our bloodstream and then when it's in our bloodstream, it's carried around our bodies and it connects with our nervous system, which is the system that allows us to feel. And when it connects with our nervous system, it also is responsible for increasing our heart rate, increasing our breath and, you know, slowing down our digestion and things like that. But what it does, particularly in our nervous system, is all of you will be aware of that sort of butterfly feeling in our stomach. And um, sometimes we feel that we might want to get sick. And that is a very heightened, intense feeling of fear. And when that happens, sometimes people would relate that to something like a panic attack. And it doesn't have to be that intense. That would be the obviously the very on, on the spectrum that would be at the high end. But for a lot of us, we might be going around with a sort of an underlying little bit of a spin of adrenaline a lot of the time, but it wouldn't be intense enough to be a panic attack. And I suppose the purpose of this episode is for you to understand that that's actually real and it's happening in your body and that there are ways that we can decrease the intensity. And I'm going to teach you a technique on this on this in a couple of minutes where you actually can do that again before I teach you that technique or go into it in any more detail. It's important to take the next little 
piece of what's happening in our bodies physiologically, in our nervous system. And that is that when we are feeling a feeling, the message or the neuropeptides, if you like, the, pr the proteins, they need to move from one nerve cell to another. And it's a little bit like a nerve cell is quite long. It's a little bit like my arm. So it's a long, long uh, cell. It has the nucleus of the cell here, like in the palm of my hand, if you're watching this on YouTube. But if you're not, you can still follow along. So like in the palm of your hand, that is the nucleus of the cell. And our fingers are like the little um, dendrites that move out and the Ner the nerve end or the message will jump from those little finger like ends of the cell onto the next nerve cell. So it's like there's an electrical charge between if you were to hold your two hands up with your fingers spread out quite close to each other. It means that one the message from one nerve cell to the other is jumping between the two and it's happening at lightning speed. And when that happens, basically the message or the feeling or whatever message needs to move around your body about the fact that you might be in danger, it is moving from one cell to the other. So it's going in a certain direction or in a certain motion. And people would often describe the feeling of fear as a kind of a nervy um, electric feeling that's in their tummy and it's moving um, in a certain direction. So if any of you haven't been aware of that before, it's important that we are aware of that now before we work on how we can reduce and manage the intensity of our fear. Because when we understand that that's what's happening in our nervous system. So in other words, the feeling for want of a better expression, I suppose, really, the feeling is moving from one nerve cell to the other. And as as those are moving and moving faster and faster and faster, the intensity of the feeling gets higher. So. When we think about it and why we often feel the feelings of fear, even though we mightn't be in a situation that might be harmful, just remember that we process information in our heads through pictures. And when I say that we have pictures or sometimes they are movies. In fact, a lot of the time there are movies in our heads. And for us to process information, we need to tune into those pictures in our heads to make sense of our world. So. If I say to you, if you're not sure whether that happens for you or not, if I say to you, um, tell me or to say it for yourself, because obviously you can't speak to me here, but to tell me or to have a look and see what side of your front door is the lock on. So for you to process that information, you need to see a visual of your front door before you can have a look and see which side of the front door you put the key in or which side the lock is on. So we do pull pictures and we use those pictures to make sense of our world. Now, I do know that it is very rare, but there is a condition called euthanasia where people don't actually see the pictures. However, with all the work that I do, and I know many of you have been working with me over the last 15 or 20 years on manifesting and visualization and it's really important to know that it's not the picture necessarily that is the most important thing. Because when I say to you about your front door, maybe some of you saw a very clear picture. For some of you, it might have been black and white. For some of you, it might have been quite fuzzy or defocused. But you got a sense of which side the lock was on. And that is the more important thing is how we get a sense of something through a picture or an image we might have in our heads. But for people that don't visualize very strongly, it's OK to have it very blurred or not to have it very clear. 
So what's happening every moment of every day and the reason why it's important for me to point that out is that a lot of the time when we're sitting or moving from one place to the other or maybe even just having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a break, remember we're still processing thoughts in our heads all the time. Our subconscious mind is programmed to look for danger or for things that could go wrong. So we're inclined to think of things or to pull up pictures that might be something that might be um, we might be catastrophizing or we might be looking at things that we're trying to fix or things that aren't right in our worlds or things that we're worried about that might happen in the future or indeed things that might have happened in our past that we're not happy about. So when we focus on a picture in our heads or a movie, what happens is the feeling that's associated to that picture or that movie will actually will, will feel that feeling in our body because your subconscious mind is not um, capable of knowing whether when we're looking at something in our heads, they can't discern whether it's actually happening. So whether it's real or whether it's something that we're imagining or something that we're creating or something that we're remembering. So regardless of whether it is happening or not, when your subconscious mind is looking at those pictures in our heads, in other words, our thoughts, what's happening is we're having an emotional response to that thought. So it is important to think that if that is the case, then wouldn't it be a much better idea if we thought of all things wonderful and amazing because we're obviously going to have a feeling associated to those wonderful and amazing thoughts. However, as I said, it's just the way the subconscious works. Its primary function is to protect you. So it's going to search for things that might be uncomfortable, awkward, a threat, etc. So that's what it's more inclined to do. And if we do that an awful lot, if it is a repeated pattern or repeated behavior and we constantly do it, then what we're doing is we're constantly feeling a sense of unease or a sense of fear in our bodies. Now, next, it's really important to acknowledge where exactly you're feeling that in your body. So generally for people, and this is just from my own experience of working with clients over the last 20 years, where when I'm talking to people about the feelings of fear or the pictures that they're seeing in their heads, Generally, people will feel it either in the pit of their stomach, so very low down, middle of the tummy or just under the breastbone. So it's when we say tummy, there are kind of three areas that you might feel it in. And also we move up and often people can feel it around the chest area, around the heart. And that will often give us an indication of what the fear is around. So if it's very low in the in the tummy. It often is a, fe a fear of not feeling safe and secure. If it's high up in your tummy, I know that many of us will have felt that this would have been my big, big thing. The high up in my tummy would have been more around if I was to public speak or indeed if I was to do a podcast many years ago, I wouldn't have done it because I was petrified. And that feeling is generally up in the solar plexus. So for any of you that might have had to speak at a meeting or uh, do a presentation, usually when we feel the fear, it's around the top of the tummy generally. And it often, not often, I would say always is um, a kind of a jittery feeling and it's moving in a certain direction. If we're feeling that fear up higher up around the heart, usually the fear is around the, the fear of uh, being hurt or the fear of being abandoned or the fear of um, being left alone or isolated or excluded. It usually would be something like that. So it's important that we get used to identifying the actual physical feeling in our body because we can't manage it or we can't reduce the intensity of it unless we're able to identify it first. So if you just think of something that um, has been amazing in your life, maybe the, the best day of your life. And if I ask you to think back to that day. And 
what I'm going to ask you to do is imagine that you can step into yourself in that memory in that day and start to look out through your eyes and see what you saw and feel what you felt and get a sense of what it felt like to be back in that situation and notice how in your body you'll start to feel a little sense, if not a big sense of the feeling that you felt on that day. And the reason why you're doing that is your subconscious, as I said, it doesn't understand the difference between reality and imagination. So if you bring yourself back into and what I've done, there is associated you into the picture. And when you're associated into it, the feeling and the intensity is going to get higher. So we have the ability to do that every moment of every day. However, we subconsciously choose most of the time to go into things that are frightening us and that are fear driven or fear related. But also, usually they're not related to what's happening now. They're usually related to something that happened in the past or they're related to something that we're worried about in the future. So when we want to decrease the intensity of that fear, going back to the fact that we have the nerve cells and the message, if you like, has to jump from one to the other, which indicates that the feeling is moving. What we can do to reduce the feeling and the intensity of the feeling in the moment, and I'm not saying that this is how we would completely work on a pattern of somebody running a pattern of fear. There are other techniques like the quantum release that I would have devised and I teach that to my QTT practitioners. And when they're working with people one to one, then they would work on the whole pattern, which means that it doesn't ever come back again, as in the feeling that would be associated to specific memories from our past. But what I'm teaching you here now is like a little bit like a bandaid or a quick fix. If you're in a situation like you're about to go into a meeting and you're starting to spin a feeling of fear in case you're asked to speak or in case you're asked to present something or in case you're asked for your opinion and you feel really uncomfortable about it. So what you do is tune into your body. Like I just said a couple of moments ago, become aware of where you're feeling the feeling. Is it in the low middle top of the tummy or is it up into the heart more or sometimes it could be in the throat? but generally they will be the main areas. And when you tune into it, just note the intensity. And if you're listening to this now and you want to try it, just imagine that you're about to go into a situation that in the past might have got you into a bit of a spin, into a bit of a fear spin. Um, and obviously keep it light. Don't go looking for anything too dramatic, but something like giving a presentation or needing to stand up in front of people. Or maybe you need to have a difficult conversation with somebody and that can create that adrenaline rush as well. So when you, if you imagine with your eyes closed, if it's safe for you to do so, that you're about to go into that situation and notice in your body how that feeling starts to feel a little bit more intense when you're in your body and you're about to go into that situation. And when you're looking out through your eyes and you're seeing what you'd see and hearing what you'd hear and getting a sense of what it would feel like to be in that situation of presenting something or having that difficult conversation with somebody and just get a sense of that feeling in your body. Notice what direction it's going in. And if you like, put a color on it, because that often can help with the visual of it. And when you've got that, what I want you to do is I want you to now reverse the feeling. So in other words, if it's going clockwise, and I know that I'm doing that on the screen here if you're watching on YouTube, but my clockwise would be opposite to you, but whatever way it's going and then turn it in the opposite direction. So spin the feeling now in the opposite direction and I want you to spin it faster in the opposite direction and change the color. And notice how now it's starting to reduce down for you. 
Now, another thing you can do to take this even a little bit further is you can notice how you can start to spin the feeling out of your body. So start moving it out in front of you and keep it spinning and keep the new color on it and keep it going in the new direction. And notice that even though now with the feeling spinning outside your body, you can think of the thing and you notice how the intensity of that fear is greatly reduced. Okay, um, so. It'll be interesting to see how you get on. Obviously, if you're on YouTube, you can put a comment into the comments box below. And this is just one little little idea, one little concept. And I know I cover a lot of them in the Positivity Project. And for any of you that haven't got that already, you'll find the link somewhere around this uh, podcast in the show notes or on YouTube. You'll find it in the in the caption or else go to moirigiri.com and it's it's on my homepage. But I teach lots of techniques in that that will help to manage lots of different feelings um, or emotions and also teach you how to go into more what I call higher order emotions as well, because it's much better if we can do that. But if nothing else, just from listening to this today, if you're aware of a number of things, first, that we all have feelings and emotions, we're feeling them all of the time. We generally, because we have a subconscious affinity to go looking for things that could go wrong because the primary function of your subconscious is to protect you. So we're more inclined to be focusing on things that are bothering us from the past or things that we're worried about in the future. But for generally, for most of us in the now, there isn't that much going on that we need to be afraid of. However, we're creating that fear in the now based on stuff that either has happened and it's done or has never happened and might never happen. OK, and um, the other thing is that feelings move. And that you're aware of that now because they move in your nervous system and that we have the ability to change the feeling. The first thing I did is I brought you into a thought or a vision of or a memory from your past that was your best day. When we bring you in and associate you into that, which I did through saying to you, go back to the time and go into your body in the memory, looking out through your eyes, seeing what you saw, hearing what you heard, get a sense of what it felt like. When we do that, it increases the feeling and that increased a really nice feeling for you. And then I showed you how when we think about something and we have the picture in our minds of something that might go wrong, we might be a bit afraid to do that when we do that, it also can increase the feeling. So I associated you into a situation where you might be about to give a presentation or a meeting. And when I did that, then it increased the feeling that was a little bit uncomfortable. I got you to tune into it. I got you to check in on the intensity of it. Then I got you to change it by re by reversing the movement of it after you'd first of all identified what way it was moving. I got you to reverse that. Then I got you to change the color of it. And then as a next step, if you wanted to, I asked you to move it out of your body, which again would reduce the intensity of that feeling a bit more. Now, this little technique is really, really powerful. And it's like one of those techniques that I would call a Band-Aid. So you have it in your back pocket if you ever need to use it in a situation um, like we just discussed. But there might be lots of other situations that you might like to use it in. Going for an interview would be another one. Maybe a driving test might be another one. And I'm sure that you can come up with and think of lots of others as well. So that's just the first part of a four part. I'm going to do three more episodes. So the next three episodes of the podcast are going to come at fear from other angles. Now, the reason why I'm focusing on fear is that after 25 years of working or so there, I don't know if it's 23 or 25 years. Anyway, I've been working with people a long time. And the one thing 
And the one reason why people want to do the work is always based on the fact that they want to feel something different. And I would say that 99% of the time, what people want is to feel something different to fear. And usually the reason why they would turn up to work with me and indeed to all the practitioners that I've trained over the years is because they're feeling fear around something or they have an anticipation of fear around something and they want to manage it. So that's the reason why I'm going to share these four episodes with you. So I hope you enjoyed that and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. And as usual, if you enjoy this, please, you know, if you're on Spotify, will you follow us and give a little rating? And if you're on YouTube again, just hit the subscribe button. And if you are interested in getting the seven day positivity project it's completely free. It's a seven day course. 11,000 people have gone through it already. And it is life changing if you implement. And I will guarantee that you will feel better if you implement the techniques that are on it. So that is a 100% guarantee. And that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening and for watching.